0: The reading is from John chapter 5, verses 1 to 23, and verses 39 to 40. The healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My Father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life... Even so, the Son gives life to whom he pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray before we look at God's word together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, the scriptures. And we thank you for the Lord Jesus, the word incarnate. And we pray that as we read your word, we may see more of him in all his glory. Come, we pray, and reveal more of your your glorious purposes of salvation in the Lord Jesus as we look at this passage this morning. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Many of you will have been reading through the New Testament over this past year, uh, following the reflections that I have written on the New Testament. My apologies for those of you who receive printed copies of that, because in December you will have received a printed copy saying November, and that was rather confusing, entirely my fault. But we're coming to the end of those readings. Tomorrow we'll see the end of the year and the end of the book of Revelation and what a glorious end it is. But what are you going to do for in 2019? Well, of course, you may have your own plans and that's fine. But my challenge to you this morning is to read through the Old Testament in the year in 2019. Now, I've created a schedule of readings for 2019. Don't worry, they don't include every single chapter and every single verse. If they did, you would read rather a lot each day. But they take you on a great sweep and tour of the Old Testament from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Malachi, with a psalm for every Sunday. And I want to encourage you, if you will, to come with me and walk through the Old Testament during 2019. My aim is that together we might become more familiar with the Old Testament Scriptures and find that they're a blessing and an encouragement to us day by day. And perhaps also a blessing and encouragement to others with whom we share what we've been learning. But the real question, I suppose, is this. What value is there in reading the Old Testament Scriptures? Now that Christ has come, wouldn't it be much better just to stick with the New Testament Scriptures? Why Read the Old Testament. Well, I want to answer that question by looking at what Jesus himself has to say about it. As Christians, we follow him. What has he got to say about those Old Testament scriptures? In the passage that Jill read to us this morning, Jesus healed a man who'd been an invalid for 38 years. He'd been paralysed, unable to walk, had to lie where he was brought, next to that pool of Bethesda, day by day, hoping to be able to get into the water because they believed that if they were the first one in the water after it had been stirred they would be healed. But he couldn't do it. 38 years he'd been there. Yet when Jesus saw him and spoke to him, simply at Jesus' word of command, he was healed. He was able to get up. He was able to walk. Imagine not walking for 38 years, maybe not walking for his whole life. I don't know how old he was. And yet, not only having your legs healed, but being able to walk. And Jesus said to him, Take up your mat, roll it up, stick it under your arm, and go off home. And so the man did. What a wonderful miracle that was. But the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, when they saw this man, they did not see a wonderful miracle. They did not see the wonder of a man who'd been unable to walk for 38 years, walking around now, carrying his mat. All they saw was somebody who was breaking their law, breaking their Sabbath law. And when he told them that Jesus was the one who had told him to do this, Jesus had healed him, Jesus had told him to pick up his mat and walk, They did not see in Jesus one filled with the power of the living God who could speak, and it was so. What they saw was someone who was breaking the Sabbath and encouraging others to do the same. And so they came and had an argument with Jesus. They came and had a theological argument with him. And I'd love for us to look at that theological argument together, but time doesn't permit. I want to take you right to the end, to the punchline, to the killer blow delivered by the Lord Jesus in this argument they had together, where in verses 39 and 40 of John chapter 5, we read that Jesus said to them, You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. These scholars, these Jewish scholars, studied what we call the Old Testament. For them it was just their scriptures. They studied them diligently. They spent time reading them, day after day, pouring over them, seeking to understand them. And they did so because they felt that here they could find the key to eternal life. Here is God's word. And they wanted to understand more of him. They wanted to have life. And Jesus does not criticise them for their studying of the Scriptures. For the Scriptures reveal the mind and heart and purpose of God. Here we read of God the great Creator who made this world and everything in it, and who even when we had made a mess of his world, has not abandoned it, but is filled with love and compassion towards it. Here we read of God's great promises when he called Abraham to know him and to be his man. When he promised Abraham that he would bless him and that through him and his descendants all nations on earth would be blessed. Here we read of God's great acts of salvation. When God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt, brought them out through the Red Sea, provided for them in the wilderness, and brought them at last to the promised land. Here we read of great kings ruling over God's people, of David, and of Solomon, but we read also of the promise of a greater king coming than David, of a wiser king coming than Solomon, of one whose rule of justice and peace will know no end. Here we read the prophets with all that they have to say about what God shall yet do, of how God will come again in person to visit his people, to comfort them, to save them, to rescue them. And here we join in the praises of God's people as we read the book of Psalms together, adoring this living God. Yes, says Jesus, It's good to read these ancient scriptures because they are full of life. But, and here's where Jesus does have criticism of these men, you need to read the scriptures from the right perspective if you're to understand them. I don't know whether you um, enjoyed Looking at those pictures, they seem to be a bit out of fashion now, where you get a picture of some everyday object, but taken from a rather strange perspective. And you have to try and guess what it is. And you look at it, and you scratch your head, and you think, what on earth is that? And then suddenly, you see this other picture, or maybe if you're looking at it online, it zooms out, and you suddenly see it in perspective. And Oh yes, it's a cheese grater. You need to see it in perspective and suddenly you understand what it is. How many times have you seen someone you know, but you've seen them in a context where you don't expect them? And you think, I'm sure I know that person. You need to see things in perspective if you're to see them aright. And Jesus says that's true of the Old Testament. And you Jewish leaders, you're reading these scriptures Because you hope to find eternal life in them, and yet you're reading them from the wrong perspective. You don't see what they're all talking about. How sad that these people, that their whole life, have been devoted to missing the point. What a tragedy. For there Jesus stands in front of them. And he says, all these scriptures speak of me. You hope to find eternal life in these scriptures, and it's there, but it's there in me. The one standing right in front of you. And all you want to do is have a theological argument with me, rather than come and have life. Life in abundance which I can give you. I want you, if you will, to come and walk through the Old Testament Scriptures with me. I want us to walk through them together, to study them with this perspective in mind, that they are the scriptures which speak of the Lord Jesus. I want us to have him in the centre of our view as we read all of those scriptures. I want us to delight in them because they speak to us of the living God who we see most clearly in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to come and worship him and follow him and learn of him as we read those scriptures together. I want us to grasp the great big story of scripture, the drama of God's saving plan and purpose. I want us to find that these scriptures enlarge our view Of the Lord Jesus. I'm excited about that prospect. I'm working in advance. Three months in advance. I've just finished March myself. I have to keep ahead of you. If you're going to get those. On the website or printed out. And I'm finding it exciting. And I want you to join me in finding it exciting and a source of blessing. I have to admit, there are some difficult passages in the Old Testament. There are some passages which, when we read them, will distress us. If they don't distress us, I suggest we're not reading them aright. And I haven't sought to avoid those passages. But I want us to read them with Christ constantly in view and to see him as the heart and the answer to all that God has for us in his word and to find blessing in these scriptures. I want us to to find that they increase our faith, increase our understanding, Prompt our worship and fill us with hope as we long for the things that the prophets spoke about. Long for the day when all that they spoke about will be perfectly fulfilled when Jesus comes again in all his glory. Aren't you enjoying the last few chap- the last two chapters of the book of Revelation? That wonderful picture of salvation complete, when God comes down, the new Jerusalem comes down, and the whole earth is filled with his glory, and he lives with his people on earth. Christ reigns, and we reign with him. When there are no more tears, and no more sorrow, no more pain, but just the glory of God, filling all, transforming all. I want us to read the Old Testament Scriptures with all of those things in view that we might share in the burden of the prophets and the hope which is ours in Christ. The sermon this morning is short. Joe told me to keep it short. But in another sense, it's a sermon that's going to last a whole year. (laughs) Don't you think that's wonderful, a sermon that lasts a whole year? (laughs) So this is the key question for you this morning. Will you come with me and walk through these scriptures? Not with blind eyes like those... Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, so sadly. But with eyes wide open to Christ, the focus and fulfilment of all that God has to say to us. Christ, who is our life, our salvation, our righteousness, our joy, our hope of glory. Come with me throughout the year ahead. Come, let us adore him.